This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. You do have a very good voice for radio. <laughs> Thanks so much, Nick. You have got an amazing, feel, amazing face for comedy. This, uh, this, this makes me feel like I'm sat in the back of an Uber, uh, <laughs> late, we, late for a meeting somewhere. There's nothing that magic can do to extract ourselves from the Uber FM branding. There's nothing we can do. We can add as much personality and craziness on air as we as we like, but people will always associate us with being in the back of an Uber, and that's fine by me. Here's Abba. Some of my some of my happiest memories are in the back of an Uber, uh, listening to your voice, oh, Nick. Absolutely lovely. Um, can, oh, I, 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 I do text. I do text you though, don't I? When, you do. When, yeah, when yeah, you home. do. You do. It just makes me think. God, your life must be awful if, if some of your happiest <laughs> memories are sitting in a car with me talking. I'm still, well, I'll still take it. I still take it. Um, it's not because of you. It's not necessarily because of you, but it does add. Yeah. Right. Is it because you're showing? If you maybe you've pulled, you've picked up a lady and you're taking them home, and you're like that guy on the radio. I know him. She's like, no, you don't. No way. Yeah, I'll text him now. Watch. Is it that kind of thing? Yeah. Sort of. Yeah, fame. instant, instant BJ's. <laughs> Hello, welcome back. It's my mate, Bought a Toaster. Joining me today, a comedian, a writer, a presenter, a brilliant actor. Presenter, have you done presenting, Nick Helm? Have I just sort of made that up? I often make these up. Really. I've, I've done, I've done, yes, I've yeah, done. Uh, I did a food show. I did a food. I presented a food show in character, though. So I don't know if it counts. That, that counts. Yeah, you present. You stood and and faced a camera and and spoke words to the audience at home. That's presenting, yes. isn't it? Here you go. I've, I've done that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Nick Helm, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I am inside your Amazon as we speak, and we're going to just dive straight in. Okay, I don't want any chit chat. We just need to get down to work. Okay. Okay. And your first order that you <laughs> ever placed on Amazon yeah. was in May 2003. Wow, how'd you get all the way back there? May 2003, just simple clicking, just some basic clicking skills that I've got. You spent 23 quid on two books. You bought Contacts 2003 for Stage, yeah. Theatre and Screen by Kate Poynton. She's the editor right. of Contacts. I mean, that's just essentially the yellow pages of Lovies, isn't it? Right, sure. Everyone gets that when they first start the industry, and then within a couple of years, they just sort of, they're, you know... They're I've never looked at it. No, no. And I doubt, I've, I doubt I've still got it, and it would be woefully out of... T- what year? 2003? 2003. And, and yeah, I mean, that's a while back, isn't it? It's it's yeah. unlikely that anyone is still there, uh, you know, with any relevance on there. Still alive. Still but alive. It reminds me, that book is a very similar to a similar thing. We, we often get this on the show. People buying all their books before they go to university and this kind of, I'm preparing, I'm getting ready for this acting career and I'm going to buy all the stuff I need. I'm going to buy all my, like, the, the practical theatre books. And Contacts 2003, that is like a, a, a practical thing you can buy to begin your journey as an actor is that what we assume you're doing in may 2003 yes 
Uh, yeah, yeah, I suppose so. What did I do? I was in between. I'd finished uni. I finished uni in two thousand two. Okay. And uh, and I wasn't. And I'd done. I'd written two Edinburghs by that point. Two thousand one, two thousand and two, and yeah. then two thousand four was going to be my next Edinburgh. So I was trying to make it as an actor. Okay, fine. And but those Edinburghs you'd done in in one in oh one and oh two, as we like to call them. Uh, they weren't the Nick Helm thing that you went on to become and do, right? They were like shows, plays, right? They were sort of, um, they were like 10 minute uh, mini plays. They were like, um, so they were like an hour each and they'd consist of like six sort of, they weren't really sketches because they were too long. They were sort of like uh, one act plays. Okay, okay, right, right, right. Or one scene plays really. Right. Sit on on a theme. So the first one was called Air Fresh, and it was all about relationships ending. <laughs> and then the second one was sort of like second one was uh, uh, called Christmas Tree, and it was again, it was like a follow up, and it was kind of like Christmas trees. You know, uh, I think it's I think there's some sort of reference to it in Fight Club as well. But those Christmas trees are loved for a little amount of time, and then they're put out in the oh. cold. When they're not needed anymore. Oh God! That's... And so it was a show about those themes, yeah. but it was a very. They were very dark. I've done. I've done like three Edinburghs with my school beforehand. Before yeah. I left for for uni, and then the second year of uni, I wrote a collection of plays, and then the second, and then the third year of uni, I wrote another collection of plays. Um, yeah. Did you and, act in uh, them as well, or were you just like, were you just the sort of yeah. artistically challenged guy at the back of the room, looking sort of flouncing off, and it wasn't on properly? No, I wrote them, and then I was in them, right. uh, and my friend Ed wrote a bit on them as well, and then I directed them, and um, yeah, but what was I going to say? Yeah, but like this, they, they were all very dark, and they were depressive, and they were about relationships, and they were funny as well. Yeah, but I think like the seeds of what I later went on to do yeah but like there was a song there was a song in there and stuff like that and i think that um that when i'm it was so much effort putting together like a play writing a play um uh directing a thing you know we used to build all of the props and the set in my garden in the summer oh, and can you imagine having that much energy to do that now fuck i, st- I mean I, st- I st- that is sort of what i yeah, that is sort of what I'd still do. What you still can it's exhausting. to make to make props and think about plots at the same time. Props and plots, Nick. Are you joking? Well, not plots so much, but stand up and songs and then costumes and set and you know, I put, all my shows have production values and stuff, which all comes from theatre. Yes, but I think you can see like the germs of what I'd later become in. And they are germs. <laughs> <laughs> you can see like. Yeah. Where I started in those original shows, I haven't I haven't changed my sensibilities that much in that amount of time. I've just matured a bit. And those those shows help you find your voice, right? Before you then yeah. lost your voice by shouting at people in your in image. Never lost my voice through shouting. Never lost my voice through shouting. Really? Uh, yes. You know there was that my uh, there's there is that mime uh, the clown Doctor Brown. Mm. And he asked me for advice on uh, one one year in Edinburgh. Three days into the festival. What? He <laughs> lost his voice saying, already? I, it, it said he'd lost his voice and uh, do I have any tips? And I was just like, I've got, I mean, 
I shout every day. For, you're a mime. You don't talk and you've lost your voice. And I shout every day for an hour and I've never lost my voice. And I've never, I never understood it. But, uh, oh my God. Yeah, I was offended, really. Well, if I haven't, if I, if I can do a month without losing my voice, I don't understand how you, without talking, can lose your voice in three days. I was offended <laughs> on, beho- on behalf of the profession. Um, also, Nick. I can tell that you know you've clearly got uh, health on your side. By the way, I'm loving the sound of. Is that kids in the background screaming? Have you got some kids trapped under the uh, sofa? Or? I've, I've got my window open. Do you want me to close my not, window? Absolutely not. No, no, no. Don't worry about it. It's nice. I like the. I don't know about you, but I like the sound of kids playing in the distance. That's quite nice because it, often it's my kids and they're in the distance. No, no, no. They're in the flat, but they always get excited when I open the window. <laughs> it's because they, they can hear their parents calling for them <laughs> um june 2003 here he is look dr atkins the new diet cookbook mouth-watering oh, meals yeah. now dr Atkins, i mean aka the colon clogger himself that's this is the thing isn't it with atkins you 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 un, you rip out all of uh, the sugar and carbs and you just fill yourself with protein sure that is what happens did it work um it did. And do you know, I had a friend in Brighton who, um, who uh, I've always struggled with my weight and I had a friend in Brighton and uh, he was on the Atkins diet and he was just sort of, I was really, so he just sort of like described it. He said, you just eat meat. And I thought that's not, that doesn't sound healthy. Yeah. And then, uh, so I bought a book about it and I did it. And yeah, this is 2003. So what I was, what, what month? 2003 that is uh june 2003 june 2003 so i was 20 i was i was 22 back then yeah so i think i did it and um and i lost quite a lot of weight and i felt actually really full of energy and really sort of like happy about stuff but um uh but then what happens is you get to a point when you sort of like tr- start introducing yourself back to carbs and then you just put the weight on because mm, carbs, carbs are yeah. great as well. <laughs> it is i mean that's what i did atkins as well in fact i did it a similar sort of time back 2002 i did it and i found it uh i got really bad sugar crashes because i've got such a sweet tooth like i'm just my, my bloodstream is just uh an arteries for for sugar basically that's what it is and so yeah. the atkins diet was a really big challenge and i remember driving having not had any sugar that day and i very nearly crashed my red metro uh in in nottingham in fact and that was the end of the dr atkins diet because i couldn't shit i was full of cheese and then he died oh wow yeah oh wow no i didn't have any of that i was uh i was yeah i was i i really enjoyed it okay and i I, I felt like i was full of energy but then also the one thing was that like um how serious is this podcast is it really do we go dark absolutely we go anywhere i've told this is a we're on memory lane sometimes we're going to fall into the ditch and look up at the stars sometimes we're going to jump over a fence and go walking through a field and sometimes we're just going to make bad toilet jokes whatever you want to do do it well, I don't know if I want to, but it's part of the conversation, and I try and be as honest as possible when Come we do on. interviews. Yes, please, let's do this. But, so I've had I've had sort of eating disorders in my past, and oh, um, uh, and everyone when I was doing Atkins was like saying that you know this is really unhealthy, it's really bad for you, and I was thinking, yeah, it is, but at least I'm eating, yeah. and and I'm keeping it down, and I was actually, yeah, I, the way I reasoned it was actually eating food. Um, it's better than not eating food. Yeah. So, uh, so I thought it. Yeah, it may be unhealthy, but also compared to what I had been putting myself through, then it was it was a step up, if anything. It's become a more known thing that boys, men have eating disorders, but certainly then 
when you were younger that men having eating disorders that was pretty much unheard of wasn't it um no one talked about, about it. anyway not not in terms of rareness it happened but in terms of its public profile it wasn't talked about yeah all. i i probably got uh developed my eating disorders when i was at um school secondary school probably uh when i was about 16 or 17 maybe right. and uh uh yeah and uh, but when i was at university we did like a it wasn't media studies it was it was drama television and theater and so there was a module where we made um documentaries so we made documentaries about eating disorders and uh and one of the things was that kind of like there was loads of uh girls and women that would talk about their eating disorders but we there were hardly any men mm. but then we did find a few and so we made a film about that and yeah yeah it doesn't <laughs> it's not what turned me on to eating disorders but it was just kind of like it was interesting to find out that there are other people out there because yeah no one if you're if you're boy if you're a man no one really talks about them but, yeah. Yeah. and i don't actually i've never mentioned it before in anything this is the first time right. oh great I mean, but, but, in terms of in terms of exclusives my... that i wanted to get nick i didn't want to go this serious but it's important it's an important topic i didn't know this about you man. i didn't know this i've suffered from like all sorts of eating disorders and mental health issues for most of my life but when i was a teenager i was so miserable at school i got really sort of like desperate and you know it's just one of those things that you sort of have to control through diet and uh, Atkins was really good for me at a certain point because um, it meant that, and also with eating disorders, it, um, uh, there's lots of reasons why people develop with them, but one of the main ones is it's a control thing. Yeah. And when you feel like you don't have any control in your life, then you sort of go, well, what's the one thing I can control? It's like um, what I do, what I do, what I do with food, yeah. and. Uh, and so, um, so when I was on Atkins, it was just like, it was very regimented and it was kind of like, oh, it's like this. This is fucking, this is almost 20 years ago now. This is wow. 17 years ago. I know, but it's still fresh for you. And is it all under control now, right? Is this all the past or is this something you still have to monitor and keep across in your life? I think that, um, yeah, I'm always sort of like struggling, mm. but I'm a lot better uh, these days. Last few years, I've been a lot better. And also... You know, um, I just, you have to take responsibility at some point and go, oh, if I eat this, then I feel like shit. And, you know, you know, I, I try and be sick or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, and so then you think, actually, do you know what? I won't do that and I'll do this instead. And, you know, so going to the gym and uh, going for therapy and all that other stuff, that's kind of like all stuff that helps you kind of deal with it. Yeah. And also you, you can't just be, you know, after 20 years or 25 years of it, you can't just see yourself as some sort of victim. You need to sort of like go, right, well, how do I actually do something about it in order to help myself? If I'm the only person that can help me, how do I help me? Yeah. And you can do it by just being, doing, and you don't always succeed, but you can do it by being like kind of um, uh, just more responsible for yourself and just take more care about what you what you eat and yeah. yeah stuff like that it's that thing about liking yourself man we've talked about this before on the podcast because we see it a lot in things that people buy weirdly on amazon it, people trying to sort of treat themselves so this is maybe the other part of the conversation but people are trying to be nice to themselves a lot and they sort of you, they see things they bought and they go fuck i don't know why i got that god i was just trying to treat myself and it didn't really meet, make any difference in the long term and i yeah. guess i guess when you know that you have a solution or a series of weapons, tools against this problem, your eating thing in this instance. Those are, that's being nice to yourself. Using those tools is being nice to yourself, but it's fucking hard to do that because you've got to like yourself. And that's, that's a, sometimes that's a big ask. Well, also one of the things about Amazon is that, you know, the best, the best, the point where you feel your best with Amazon 
yeah. is when you click on it and buy it. And then all, like it arriving is almost secondary. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got so many DVDs and Blu-rays that are still in the cellophane that I wanted to own, but I've never got around to watching. And so many books that I've never read, but, you know, uh, they're on a subject that I was just like, oh, I want to learn more about that. And then you realise, you know, if I watch a 15-minute YouTube video, that sort of nails it. I don't need a book on the shelf, you know. Yeah. So Amazon's a real weird one like that. I'd say 90% of the purchases on here are uh dvds and blu-rays and box sets and stuff but that is perfect because that's what this this show often illustrates is uh well that's what amazon i should say illustrates exactly that the person we're trying to be the per- like we've had you know people go through this crazy uh astronomy fad that's when we had a couple of weeks ago someone just bought shitloads of astronomy books literally never opened one of them but just because they wanted to be able to talk about the moon at dinner parties it's that kind of yeah who we're trying to be. Uh, it's um, knowledge by osmosis. If I own the books, then I'm sort of like, I am the books. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and it doesn't work. Now. But also, we were only two in. We the first one... Very early. The first one, first one was contacts. Yeah. Uh, so that I could help my career. And the second one was uh, Atkins, so that I could sort of like try and control yeah. my eating habits. These are both positive things, true. mate. These are both positive things. Well, they are, but it's self-help and then it's um, uh, self-congratulation, isn't it? Yeah, that's fine, though. That's. It just, I just I feel like there's something in Amazon is something we grab onto. It's it's social media, but in a material way. Like we we go to Facebook and Instagram or whatever because we just we kind of want that abstract hit, that hook. And Amazon is a literal hook, literal hit of give me a thing. I need something to improve this situation. And it yeah, it just it always tells a story. Um, no more so than the fact that you then go dark for two years on Amazon. By the way, you can't you come back into the welcoming non tax paying arms of Amazon in two thousand and six. This is, I mean, this is definitely something which Nick Helmer's bought. Uh, the Dirt, Motley Crue, Confessions of the World's Most Notorious Rock Band. Yes, although that was a gift. Oh, right. So I bought that from my friend John Harrison for Christmas. So we went through, I hadn't read it at that point, we went through a uh, uh, period, because when, when I was young, I would sort of, uh, I would be listening to Alice Cooper and uh like 80s hair metal so i'd be listening to white snake and twisted sister and bands like that yeah and they were like listening to you know finger boys <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then everyone used to treat me like i was the odd one out and then when we got older we went to see kiss play and we went to see motley crew and def leopard yeah and so then we went through like what do we get we're best mates so what do we get each other for christmas so we'd get each other like a a hair metal cock rock gift <laughs> and uh, so I got him. I think that year, if that makes sense, if it was about November, I got him the dirt. Yeah, I can't remember what he got me, but that we'd sort of like we'd you know do like an. I wouldn't buy any of my other friends any presents, but it'd be me and John. We lived down the road. We'd see each other on Christmas Eve. Give him a gift. He'd give me a gift, and we'd go out, get drunk. Oh. And then buy a pizza at three o'clock in the morning on Christmas Day and uh, ruin Christmas. <laughs> yeah, of course, classic. That is that's rather lovely. It's rather touching. So, so John, so this is your childhood friend. Yeah, well, we, we weren't friends. I mean, is this what the podcast is? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like a, yeah, right. So we weren't friends. We were uh, we were enemies. Sounds like it. He meeting was, up, giving each other presents. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, when we were at school, he was part of like the other. So we joined secondary school the same year, but we never were friends until we both ended up going to um, V ninety eight together. We went to V ninety eight, and mm. there was a whole group of there's a whole group of um, kids uh, us lot 
I think I went to Glastonbury that year, but I had a miserable time because my mate basically had dysentery, and um, he spent the whole he's he's he spent the whole weekend shitting out the front of the tent. Oh Jesus! He was so ill, and he almost oh. got run over by Rolf Harris. So he was always evil. Yeah, another always one of Rolf evil. Harris's victims. Unbelievable! That is ridiculous. <laughs> and, uh, and so I spent. So I I had a really miserable time in Glastonbury that year. And then uh, later on, everyone was going to V98. And I was like, I'd like to go. And they said, well, you've already done Glastonbury. And I was like, yeah, I know. But, you know. Can't do it. So, so I went so was, was that a Reading V98? Was that a Reading one or a Leeds I, festival I think thing? It, I, think it was, it was, I think it was Leeds because when we were there, yeah. um, we would, uh, uh, everyone was shouting at night, Southerners suck cock. Oh, lo- how lovely. <laughs> oh, is that, is that Northern we Bants. We were all from Hertfordshire, so we were all we were all terrified. But it was like uh, boys and boys and girls. You were just uh, going, yes, we do, and, yes, yes, absolutely true. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, there was like a mixture of boys and girls, and everyone was sort of sleeping with each other, except mm. for me and John. So, and then they were sleeping with each other and arguing with each other. So I was always like, oh, it's like camping with Fleetwood Mac, and um, and then uh, and then one morning. Because I, I used to smoke back then, and when one morning um, uh, I woke up, and he woke up, and the sun was rising, and everyone else was asleep, and we—I uh, I remember it took me a whole box of matches to light one cigarette because it was windy, mm. and uh, and then we had um, a strongbow together, and we just started like small talk, and then and then that was the that was the moment that we became friends that's beautiful and then you, we, you and met over a cigarette at a, as the sun rose on a festival with a, a shared can of cider that's nick that's the most romantic thing i've ever heard anyone say with an enemy yeah and well, then exactly. that was the yeah. moment yeah oh we God. put our, we put our differences aside and uh, we went to see robbie williams and because <laughs> i'd been drink, because i'd been drinking cider all day i fainted Fucking up! Well, so do people think it's because you're a massive Robbie Williams fan? Yeah, I think people. I, I think people don't. I think people know that I'm not a Robbie Williams fan now, but at the time it was very difficult to deny. I've only fainted at one. I've fainted at one concert, and it was Robbie Williams. Hello, my name is Pete Ellison. This is Dave Cribb. Hello, and we do a podcast called Friends with Friends, as you might have guessed from the music that's playing underneath, uh, which is a sort of lo-fi rendition of the Friends theme tune for rights reasons. We get a different guest on every week on our podcast to talk about their favourite episode of Friends. And we look through it in excruciating detail. We pick through levels of plots like no one has ever done before. So if you like Friends or just listening to people talking, which are both valid activities, do look us up on the old podcast app and that friends with friends and we're on twitter at friends wf this mother's day celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from blue nile whether it's for your mom a mother figure or yourself as a mom find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When they're looking through your shopping history and they don't understand it, you have been bought red-handed. First of December, maybe this is for John as well. Uh, the magic of pants. This is a great <laughs> return to Amazon. Like you spend years off Amazon, mm. and suddenly Nick Helm was back, and he's buying the magic of pants. This is a uh, is a cornucopia of magic tricks to boost your personal entertainment repertoire. Have your audience marvel at the mystery of the phenomenal floating frillies, gasp at the grace of the escape from pantsatras. Doesn't even work. Scream at the surprise ending of the Bride of Pantenstein. That's better. Prepare for your side twangs to be tugged as the power of the pants is revealed. Pants a cadabra does not work either. A lot of a lot of misfiring puns in that. Do you want to explain to us? What no, I, I, I don't. I don't know what you mean by misfiring. Pantsatras is obviously Alcatraz, yeah, and uh, pants a cadabra is obviously abracadabra. So both of them work on the helm test. I mean, absolutely not. The 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 pun <laughs> the pun system requires some kind of rhyming or sounding like. Yeah. Panta Cadabra. Anyway, um, so what is this? Don't, don't have any memory of it. I don't know. Oh, it's a shame. Did a lot I, it, I, all I can imagine is that either I was trying to um, learn some stage skills. Oh, okay. What? When was it? Was it like November, December? December the first, two thousand and six. Yeah, you should remember. It may have been. It may have been a joke that I bought. For my dad for Christmas, because okay. I I remember that I used to buy him, <laughs> I used to buy him magic tricks, because uh, when we were at uni, um... <laughs> <laughs> when we were at uni, um, I got a you know one of them big plastic uh, Macintoshes, the the ones with the the, the coloured plastic at the back. Yeah, 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 yeah. They were they were kind of like a thing. They had a handle at the top, and they were like blue or purple or yellow. Yeah, I right? totally remember. Yes, yeah. And they had like a CD ROM at the front, and I got one of those to um, for like a birthday Christmas gift thing. Mm. And um, and we used to all of us in my uh, uh, accommodation in my um, what do we what do we do? We had a house a house share thing. It was like five of us, right? And we all used to use it to sort of like basically burn CDs. Yeah. And we'd, I just have like everyone's music collection on my computer, and we were listening to it at random, and uh, <laughs> all of a sudden, what comes on is my dad, my dad's voice, like, just going, um, "This is a test. This is a test. This is magic. This is magic. This is a test." And then. Um, Forever we called him Tony Magic Helm. Everyone calls him Magic. Um, and so every year I would buy him a magic um, a magic set. And to sort of, to sort of well, for like five years running, I'd bought him like a magic set to sort of like, so that he could get like a little, uh, a little routine together. Um, yeah, it was just really sweet because he was just testing the microphone on the oh, thing. Oh, that's great. That's so but when But when we were growing up, when we were growing up, ch- we'd do like children's... My dad would like throw birthday parties for us and all of our friends from school would turn up and he'd always put on like magic shows and stuff. Oh, that's adorable. Uh, he's, a, 
He's an amazing guy. Yeah, lovely. Is he? Really it, 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 why, why was he saying this is magic though? Is that a song that I don't know? I know. I think that he just, just loved technology. Oh, so he was, oh, I see. He was talking about the, the, the computer. He was saying this is magic. What I'm doing. Yeah, but he was singing it. It was lovely. Oh, just really God. lovely. That is fantastic. Really so your dad used to do magic tricks at your birthday parties as a kid. That's a nice childhood, Nick. I'm, that sounds okay. Yeah, that bit but of not, it anyway. Not, not if he starts getting his pants out and doing tricks in front of kids. <laughs> say, hey, kids, this is magic. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. Do you think your dad could come and sing a jingle for my Magic Weekend Breakfast show? No. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> 2010, what's this Guno Faust by C. Guno? Uh, Faust? What, the mm. film? Mm. It's, Brilliant. Oh, it's an um, opera. No, you've got the opera, mate. The box set of the opera. All right, Nick Helm, look at you getting your operas in your life. That's very Oh, good off, good off Faust. Yeah, good right. Enough, so you. I was doing a project uh, about uh, hell, and okay. I was researching the Faust legend. And uh, so I, I think I, there's a, there's a oh, German yeah. expressionist film called Faust, and I bought the opera to listen to the opera and everything like that. Why and then also you... my dad is... Go on. Well, why were you researching hell? What was for a show or just to get ready? Uh, yeah, I just wanted to know what the uh, what sort of weather <laughs> they were getting and what I should be packing. Um, uh, I did. A, I think what it was was I did uh, part of my show. I think you stink. Um, ended with a fifteen-minute rock opera about hell, mm-hmm. and I think what at one point in Edinburgh I was kind of expand it to be like a full show. Um, it's sort of like a project that's on my back burner where right. I've always wanted to do something with that, like a moral thing. Yeah. Um, I'm a massive Alice Cooper fan. I think one of the things that we've been denied in our lives oh, yeah. is that at, at one point I used to do, I used to work PR at award ceremonies. Right. And um, so I used to like take people up and down the red carpet. And one of the times I did that, um, uh, I was looking after Alice Cooper, who was in the middle of talking to Tim Rice, and Tim Rice was wearing that this, this lime green suit. And I had to get them. I got Tim Rice two flutes of champagne, and Alice Cooper a diet coke, and um, uh, and I was, I was like, that's a weird combination. But it turned out at that time, it must be like two thousand and six, maybe. Oh. At that time, uh, Alice Cooper was developing a musical called Alice Cooper's Seven Deadly Sins. And uh, like a stage musical with Tim Rice, it's going to be like this uh, morality um, play. Right. And I just thought it sounded really exciting. And then what I think happened was um, that fell through. They never ended up making it, but he put a load of the ideas and the work that he'd done into that, into an album called Along Came a Spider. Okay. So, so there was kind of, so I always found it really interesting. So I was thought like, well, if he's not going to do it, then I'd like to do something like that, you know? I just do like an Alice Cooper-esque musical. The idea of Alice Cooper and Tim Rice chatting and Nick Helm is bringing them the drinks. Yeah. Oh, mate. Tim Rice was very gracious. He was just like, I don't suppose you could go to the trouble of getting me a couple of glasses of champagne, (laughs) could you? And then I handed them to him. He was like, oh, thank you so much. Thank you. (laughs) And and Alice Cooper sort of like... uh, snatched the can out of my hand and didn't even look at me <laughs> it was like uh, yeah yeah cool 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 no 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 skin off my nose it's fine it's fine <laughs> i'd have been so tempted just to get an extra drink and rock up just just get yourself one as well just stand there join in what are we chatting about <laughs> ah, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah 
Where we're going, we'll be showing that we listen to toes Cause these lovely ass people gonna talk to the host He's gonna ask a couple questions What the buying the most Cause one man got there just like the piece of toast You're really picking up pace with how much stuff you're buying 2011, 34 items Most interesting item here The hidden power of the dark side of human nature 23rd of December as you get towards Christmas Obviously a bleak time for everyone Any idea why why you got that? Meeting the shadow, the hidden power of the dark side of human nature what year was this? 2004? Uh, 11. 2011. Um, yeah, because I was writing about um, uh, uh, depression and psychological stuff. And I thought that really, I you can't just, I wanted to base it on some sort of, um, uh, some sort of philosophy or some sort of outlook. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It, not just based on what I think, but based on, uh, but, and also it's one of those things where I have, had depression my entire life and yeah. it's kind of like right well i want to learn a bit about what it is that i'm i'm, I'm going through but i don't think i've ever read those books i've still got them i can't get rid of them i feel like i feel like what i with dvds and blu-rays i think that what what my main goal was was to have the most um intricate kind of library yeah like yeah. a huge, a huge DVD archive of just every film that ever, uh, you know, my goal, and I'll be very disappointed if I don't achieve this within my lifetime, but my goal is to see every single film that was ever made. Yeah. Um, so hopefully, fingers crossed, I'll, I'll, I'll get there. But also <laughs> the, same, the same with books. It's just kind of like, you know, if I buy all these books for research, then maybe, um, but again, you've got to read them. Mate, this is what I've got. This is what I've got in lockdown, though. This this idea that the osmosis thing, where you surround yourself with all these books, with all these different parts of yourself that you want to improve and polish and fix and cure and solve, and in buying the books or trying to get the, the CDs under your eyes, you think you've done it, and then you don't ever fucking look at them. But then lockdown, I'm like, I'm going to read them all. I'm going to read them all. And then, but then you start to sort of joylessly approach them like they're chores. That's the problem with that. Mm. Well, I saw that you have like quite an extensive, you've, you've read quite a lot of stuff, haven't you? Yeah, exactly that in fucking um, lockdown, tr- rattling through these books, which has been quite fun. It's been enjoyable, but you do get to the end of it and feel a bit like, oh, I've really in- invested a lot of my time in, in reading the new Hillary Mantle, and it, I don't know how much I feel like it's improved me or my life coming out the back end of it, but I will show off about it on social media gladly. Yeah, but it's the sort of stuff that isn't necessary. Doesn't you don't necessarily have immediate reward from, right? But like a year down, you've it's it's percolated for a little bit, yeah, and uh, I mean, and then it'll come yeah. out. It'll yeah. come out at a, a, a weird moment where you'll be able to quote something. Well, yeah. I had a friend. That, I had a friend at school that just used to read and read and read and read and read, and it'd be like even if she didn't enjoy a book, she'd finish the book. Oh, always, yeah, I'm and like I'm, that, yeah. And I'm, I'm more like um, I'll start a book, and if it doesn't, if it, if it's not easy, you know, if it's not, if it, if it's not a page turner, then I'll sort of put it down, and I won't deliberately, but I'll just forget to pick it back up again. That's it, gone. Whereas, whereas stuff like it took me ages to read One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest when I was at school because it was uh, not a big book, but really small print, and so you're progress in that book was quite slow because it would just take ages to read each page yeah but i remember that book for my entire life you know it's one it's my it's one of my favorite books so i'll sort of like i won't re- i won't read loads but when i do i'm like i'm 100 invested in it yeah, yeah 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 and that's what i love is when you just literally you put a book down 
and you you can't wait until you can go back and read it oh yeah yeah i love that feeling of just like it it, it captures part of your brain for the time that you're reading it then you're with it you know you've got you've got to get, you've got to have dinner so you put the book down and, and and you're thinking oh i can't wait to get back to that book but you know that happens very few and far between so i think there's a middle ground between what you do mm. which is systematically ticking stuff off mm. and what i do which is very occasionally falling in love with a book and then yeah. And, and really sort of like getting into it i think yours is healthier i tell you what nick 2012 you get, so in 2011 you bought uh 34 things on amazon do you know what you did in 2012 do you know how many things you bought uh none or a million 123 Fuck. And in 2013 169 yeah it's gonna get worse and then in 2014 it comes back down a bit it goes down to 133 145 yeah. 2015 should we do this let's let's oh, oh 2016 <laughs> Two, 2016 do you want to take, do you care to take a guess 2016 go on uh, 2016 was 214 i feel like you're greg wallace emptying out my yeah. uh, shopping bags on a table <laughs> i moved that year 2016 right okay uh, went through a breakup and got uh, got, got uh, my own flat and so I guess I was just a getting used to being on my own and b uh, buying stuff for my flat. You've got so much incredible stuff. I mean, let's just—I'm just picking random things. You got the the official Howard Donald take that face mask in December 2016. Brilliant. Yeah, that'll be for my Christmas show. Oh uh, right, okay. You got other celebrity face masks. You got Donald uh, Donald Trump and Robbie Williams. There yeah. you go. So when you put on a Robbie Williams face mask. Do you faint or not? <laughs> Only when I uh, drink loads of cider and stare in the mirror for a bit. <laughs> okay, fine, good. All right, all right. Just know not to do that. Um, what else have we got here? Ghostbusters um, Ecto-1 vehicle and Slimer figure. Yeah. Toys. Yeah, I love I, I love action figures and stuff like that. But what? But um, uh, that one um, was from the remake and uh i didn't really like the remake that much i haven't seen the remake so i don't yeah i've heard not to bother of several people it's not a remake is it it's a re- it's a reboot it's whatever it is i don't know what it is um but so the ecto one there is um it's a hearse the uh, the ecto one from the original was a ambulance and i think the ecto one from the or was it a hearse i thought it was like an ambulance thing uh, originally yeah it's a hearse yeah, it's a hearse in the original ghostbusters yeah yeah yeah. um so then it, so this one's got like a red roof and and i thought i was buying kind of like a i've always loved ghostbusters i wanted to sort of like have a have a vehicle <laughs> i nothing wrong with that wrong with when i was a kid I, when i was a kid i had the ecto-1 uh, uh toy um from the real ghostbusters and um and I was sort of like trying to relive my youth, but um, it didn't. It didn't work. Right. Yeah. What's the moment? <laughs> what's, what's the moment like when you're like, "Yes, I finally got a Ghostbusters toy," and I'm in my I'm in my thirties. Is that a weird moment of self, you know, reflection? Uh, yeah. But also, <laughs> I try. I try not to. I, I, but also, I try not to. I try, you know, I try not to become an adult. Yeah. Well, you've become a bit. There's certainly an adult buying uh, the film, seventeenth uh, of October, twenty sixteen. Pervert, he's coming to get you. Uh, includes oh, it's an amazing film. Includes extended lesbian scenes. Sounds like a classic, starring Mary amazing. Carey. 
Yeah, it's sort of. Um, I really used to like uh, Russ Meyer films. Yes. Um, okay. And Pervert was sort of like this film that I think it sort of entered like a bunch of uh, film festivals that was um, at the time. But I mean, yeah, it's basically it's a Russ Meyer movie. I watched it. It's all right. It's it's, it's all right. It it does a really good job of recapturing uh, that sort of tone that Russ Meyer used to have in his films. Yeah, but um, but it's a one watch. You've given it a much more um, intelligent analysis than Stargate SG One. That's the name of the person who's reviewed it here, uh, who's given it four stars. A funny and horny movie like you've never seen before, except in Russ Meyer's movies, of course. Porn star Mary Carey with her wonderful pair of breasts and nice body Ex- <laughs> exemplify that she is not only a very pretty actress but a good one too. There you go. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'll buy Mister Ben. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You're by Mr. Ben one minute and pervert the next. Well, also by pervert. I mean, I've got a wide, I've got a wide range of interests. Yeah, this is know. the yin and yang of Nick Helm. I love it. I mean, what year was that? 2016. So you, this is the year you've moved house. So you'd, you'd broken up, right? This was a breakup year, was it? Yeah, but obviously I had full access to the internet as well. Clearly, so it's not like. Mm. Do you know? But do you know what I mean? It's not like, uh, you know. You're not going on my uh, porn account and going through my history there, are you? It's that kind of... is for our Patreon subscribers. We will be doing that <laughs> later. Um, this is great. You're, this is sort of there's not almost like a second childhood thing going on. You've got um, alien signed autograph Sigourney Weaver, seven pounds ninety eight. Sort of bleakly cheap that really. If that was like fifty quid, I'd respect you, but it was eight quid. It's not real. Okay, um, no. yeah. <laughs> No, but I so so I I, uh, I had a meeting in Los Angeles and I met this casting lady uh, and it was really weird. I went into this, <laughs> went into the Paramount backlot, Sony backlot, uh, Columbia. So I went to Sony and they have all of these kind of like uh, bungalows where um, they have these meetings. Yeah, uh, where, where they're production offices, but they're bungalows. And I had a meeting in Gable. They're all named after famous Hollywood stars. I had a meeting in Gable. Oh yeah. And I went into Gable and it was completely deserted, right? You have to go through like the main gate, went through the main gate, was walking around the, the Columbia lot, Sony. And I went into this Gable and there was no one on the desk. And I was sort of like walking around this desert thing and there were just all these Adam Sandler posters everywhere, right? <laughs> They've got somewhere. Like, Fucking hell. And uh, like, but they were everywhere, like everything, you know, Punch Drunk Love was up there next to Remember the Zo, you don't mess with the Zohan and uh, and Appalachian Chuck and Larry and all this other stuff. And then this woman that I was meeting who was lovely, uh, she just uh, walked through the corridor and then she says, Oh, Nick, you're Nick. And I was like, Yeah. And uh, so we sat down in this office and I was looking around, there was all this Adam Sandler stuff. And I was like, Fucking hell, they really love Adam Sandler here. And she goes, Yeah, we're in his office. And I was like, No way, no way. And so we had this had this casting meeting in Adam Sandler's office, and oh um, and we were talking about it. And um, I mentioned how much I loved the film Tommy Boy, right. and she said that she'd just worked with uh, David Spade uh, because she was producing the Goldbergs, which was Adam Sandler's Happy Madison sitcom. Mm. And uh, she just worked with David Spade, and I was like, "Oh wow, I love David Spade." And uh, anyway, I came back from Los Angeles, and then she asked for my address, and then um, uh, like like four weeks later, I got this thing in the post, and it, uh, it was a personalised autograph from David Spade. What? Uh, 
saying, hey, Nick, uh, uh, stay sharp or something. David Spade. That's so I got it framed. Cool. That's fucking cool. That's, that's better than £7.98 on Amazon. That's very cool. Yeah. I got it paid. I got it framed and put in my, uh, uh, hung it in my toilet. Yeah. Uh, but I felt like he looked lonely. So <laughs> as a, uh, as a joke, because I just, I love, I, I love just putting pictures up and hanging pictures and buying picture frames yeah. and putting pictures. Like there's not a, like an inch of free wall space basically in my flat. And, uh, so then I just sort of like decorated my, um, my bathroom i mean i can tell you what you've got we've got pamela, pamela anderson yeah 4.99 uh bill murray from caddyshack uh, the caddyshack picture yeah. 4.99 uh yeah. original yeah. ghostbusters cast signed photo 4.99 really yeah yeah i mean it's all it's, they're all like uh scanned right they're a, complete, they're a complete waste of money right yeah, uh, yeah. but I thought it was really funny because you go in and I've got, I don't give a shit about autographs and, and signatures or anything like that. But you go in to my bathroom and you're just surrounded by all of these signed pictures. And uh, <laughs> there's only one of them that's real. Oh, and great. Now a, we know. Now we, but surely we I mean, know it's real because it says to Nick, right? Sure. But I also bought, um, uh, was it uh, Vicky Michelle? From hello, from hello, hello, yeah. Oh my god! And I've got, and I managed to find one. Like a, this one's a real one, but it's like a. Those are all eight by ten, and this one's a seven by five glossy, and it. She actually signed it to a guy called Nick. Oh wow! So, I've, I it became kind of like a thing where I was like, uh, uh, it's it's a really sad joke, but like the idea is you go into my toilet, and then all of a sudden you're in Planet Hollywood. <laughs> 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 a little taste of planet hollywood wow yeah. that is delightful that is love is that where you put your playboy magazines because you bought two uh from may 2016 you've got pamela anderson uh and what's the other one? Oh, baywatch you got the baywatch playboy mate that is that is i'm not gonna lie to you that's peak uh me a uh, frantically wanking my teenage years away that is right there sure that is yeah sure but like i say you've got the internet now so you don't really need uh playboy um yeah. But uh, yeah, so I oh, this is this is bleak. I was oh, in no. love. With oh, God. <laughs> it's oh, not bleak. God. It's not bleak. It just it's just like when I was when I was a kid, I was in love with Pamela Anderson, right. and um, but like a, a pure true love. Oh yeah, yeah. Unlike yeah. the other ones, the other ones were filthy, but yours was right. Yeah, I know. This was just sort of like I thought I and I still to this day think that um, if I could get in the same room as Pamela Anderson, it would probably work out. Yeah. Um, uh, so uh, I bought. Uh, every single front cover of Playboy that she's ever been on, even to the so, extent where you've got like group Baywatch shots. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so basically, just to really sort of paint the picture of Nick Cullum in 2016, slightly bleak, but there's mm. been a breakup. You, you're living by yourself now, and you're buying yourself Playboy magazines with a naked lady from the 90s. Yeah, just to really sum that up. Yeah, I think so. I think he's basically. Um, uh, I'm a, I'm 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 a bachelor. Yeah, that's that's the nice word. Yeah, no, it's and this is, <laughs> and I've sort of like uh, I've got my own place, yeah. uh, and I'm decorating it. You know, not just the walls, but <laughs> the sheets. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, th this 
2016. Nick Helms 2016 on Amazon is one of the greatest years I've ever seen, and I wish we had longer to go through it because we're just jumping yeah. all over the place because we're going from, you know, you're The Bachelor, but obviously you're, you're not planning on being The Bachelor for long because on March the 29th, you've bought The Joy of Sex, The Gourmet Guide to Lovemaking uh, by Alex yeah. Comfort. Yeah, good name. Great name. Um, any thoughts on that book? Was that well used? I've never, I've, I've, I, that's one of those books where you just thought it'd be good to sort of like have like a basic knowledge of what you're meant to be doing, but um, I've never looked at it. This is, listen, listen to this review. This book was of its time, which was the 1970s. As a newlywed couple in the early 70s, my wife and I found it great fun to read together in bed, and it relaxed us and stimulated us and gave us confidence. Now it just looks silly. <laughs> 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 yeah the joy of sex is more relevant now than it's ever been really uh with that beard <laughs> you don't need oh, to do new artwork oh my god there's just so much stuff in here there's just so much stuff in here i'm skipping on ahead by the way i'm i'm now sure I'm i'd sh- rather you did <laughs> what i'm gonna do nick because we are running out of time i i'm gonna go crashing into the very recent past all right so let's have a look and see what has been going on with you recently. So for John, I assume this is uh, John Harrison. Is that your 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 previous enemy now, best friend, John Harrison? Yep. This is beautiful. You've bought him Lego. You've bought him the Star Wars Millennium Falcon microfighter Star Wars toy. Is that for him or one of his offspring? He's got. He's literally. He's got two boys that um, I got really ill over Christmas, and I like really ill, and um, I didn't get around to buying him and his kids any presents. Right. And they've literally just had a new baby uh, in lockdown a couple of weeks ago, and I just know that uh, you just when you when you have a new baby, you just get through baby grows and stuff really quickly, don't you? Yes, totally. Um, yes, yes, yes. So, and also the kid—he's got three kids, and they're all in lockdown. And so, I bought them some small Lego kits, and then for the newborn, I bought him um, a cuddly Millennium Falcon and a. Um, a baby grow it's so lovely because there you are with him at this festival becoming friends there you are arriving in london getting your contacts book and then suddenly you're in adam sandler's office like the journey nick can you smell that that's the journey it it, it, it is it is weird looking back at stuff and and thinking about uh how all of these purchases were sort of like related to a time in your life joe yeah yeah I just, uh, yeah. It's actually a really, actually, do you know what? I think you're onto something here, Tom. It's almost like, it's almost like it's a worthwhile podcast. <laughs> good, I'm glad. It's good. It's I, might, I might do 40 more it? episodes in that case. That's great. It's That's bi- great. It, but it's biographical. You can get all sorts of information out of people. This is a very good idea. Thank you. Thanks very much indeed. I'd like to say it was mine, but yeah. it was my wife's. I want to find one last thing, Nick, that just sort of sums up where we are now. You know, like I'm looking at your current up-to-date orders and i want something that that you know embodies where we've got to two of the cheeky panda 100 percent bamboo facial tissue cube so that's nice you've got some tissues there i mean that's not yeah. it's not really helping i mean we're knocked down well yeah maybe that's perfect maybe that really is what we've got to <laughs> just ended up by yourself wanking no come on we can't go that bleak um how about this how about this here we go here we go this is ordered <laughs> you got you do do a lot of amazon here we go perfect may 2020 but a few days ago uh nick Helm bought in bulk spam. <laughs> yeah, spam. And not just one tin, six tins of spam. That won't go off, though. I mean, I don't have to eat that all in one go. 
No, absolutely not. But uh, meat from the seventies um, heading <laughs> into your life as we speak. Um, well, tell us why. Nick. Yeah, take us through your spam love. Uh, it was VE day, and my mum uh, bought uh, some spam, and she made spam sandwiches for uh, like a retro VE day snack. Right, and um, and then at the same time, I'm obsessed with ramen noodles. Yes, yes, I can see that. Yes. I love, I love ramen noodles, and so I well, was on YouTube and I was watching ramen noodle recipes. And one of the things that a lot of Korean, um, uh, one of the things they use in a lot of Korean cooking is they use spam and they chop up spam and they fry it and they put it in with the ramen noodles. No way. And because my mum was talking about spam. But also, I'd been doing YouTube stuff on ramen noodles. There was this video that came up saying ramen noodles with spam, and I thought that's. It, I at first, you know, you think, oh, my computer's listening to me. Yeah. But then also, uh, also it, it was on theme. It wasn't just like a random spam thing. It was all related to ramen noodles. So I bought some spam and I bought loads of noodles, wow. and I'm just sort of like experimenting with spam and noodle recipes. You li- it moment. came up on your computer. I mean, you literally got spammed by spam. Fuck yeah, oh, yeah. God, that's meta. God, that's pleasing. Um, well, listen, th- this has been anything other than spam. This has been very valuable content, Nick. We found out a lot about you, and we've ended. <laughs> that's with a... what I live for. I live for providing valuable content. Absolutely, absolutely. God, mate, I love, love this. I could keep talking for ages, but we have to stop at some stage. And what I'm going to say, and I don't always say this, but I really want you to come back on, and you don't really have a choice because I've got your password. So I'll just start doing it. You can either join in and record your end of it, or I'll just go through stuff because the last couple of years are absolutely fascinating. And I there's there's oh, a really? there's def yeah I think there's a Nick Helm Christmas special in here somewhere. Oh really? Yeah. Do I, you mean, mind? I might get a psychologist to come as well if that's all right. Sure. It is a breakdown. Uh, <laughs> on you know, it's, a, it's you can see you can see where everything fell apart and where things started getting a little bit more spammy. <laughs> um. Listen, they're talking of the exact opposite of spam, excellent internet content. Uh, your latest stand-up special is out now, isn't it? It's available, or it's about to be out. Actually, I shouldn't say out now, because um, you've, it's, when is it out? End of May, is that when you're doing it? It's out on the 31st of May for download, and on the 30th we're doing a live launch uh, at 8 o'clock uh, okay. online. And I'll be posting all about that. Okay, great. So the thing to do then is to give you a follow on social media. Nick, what's your, was it just Nick Helm? The Nick Helm... Uh, yeah, on Twitter. The Nick on Twitter, in- brilliant. And Instagram. Um, Nick, thank you for being on My Mate Bought a Toaster. This has been absolutely unforgettable. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks very much. <laughs> There you go, that is Nick Helm on My Mate Bought a Toaster. Sorry, I'm having to speak like this because um, it's really late and I've just been editing this for the last couple of hours and all my family have now gone to bed. Uh, so I'm having to be quiet. But that was Nick Helm. Wasn't he lovely? What a brilliant guy. And uh, yeah, there's loads more in there that I want to explore, so I'm definitely going to get him back. Um, as ever, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Thank you for reviewing it and rating it. We've had some nice reviews, which is great. And uh, I'll be back next week with another My Mate Bought a Toaster. In the meantime, stay safe, stay well. And thanks for all your lovely tweets. Drop us a line. Say hi at ToasterPod. See you soon. Bye. I Great big owl.com. 
of television history is contained within the box of delights. It was happening in front of us. Incredible. In our living rooms. It was amazing. Guests pick their favourite television moment and tell us why they love it. And is this the episode where Daisy's just been for the interview at the Woman's Magazine? Flaps. That's it, Flaps. Yeah. Named one of Radio Time's best podcasts of the year. I don't understand people who don't see the joy in drawing the curtains, mug of hot chocolate and something nice on TV. Like, what could be nicer than that? Than having a snuggle. Exactly. Nostalgia in bite-sized chunks. Box of delights from Great Big Owl. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.